Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We are in a series called Parenting Yourself First. Jesus offers us a better way of parenting that doesn't leave us filled with shame and regret. Thanks for tuning in. You do that part really well. Thanks for that. Um, Well, we're in a parenting series, and as Brian said, we're going to wrap it up today. Uh, It's been entitled Parent Yourself First, and I just thought I would share a couple quotes from Mark Twain that came to my mind during this series. So here's the first one. When a boy turns 13, put him in a barrel and feed him through the knothole. When he turns 16, plug up the knothole. That's one approach. But then look at what he says on the other side. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. (laughs) This stuff's messy, isn't it? And so if you haven't been with us, here's this series sentence we've been looking at again and again. I think we've got it there. Jesus offers us a better way of parenting that doesn't leave us filled with shame and regret. And we want to talk about that. Brian has just been so helpful. If you have not listened the last three weeks, whether you're a parent or not, I I urge you to listen to it because there's so many principles about walking with Jesus. And as Brian said to me, even when he asked me to do this message, he said, really, this is an apprenticing with Jesus series. And so, again, I know there's people in the room, some of you, I know there's people that have not come to this series because it's a painful subject and we always want to be sensitive. But part of being a church family is learning how to be parents for many of us. And some of us also are learning how to be aunts and uncles and grandparents. Some of us are mentors, teachers, coaches. And so wherever you find yourself today, I think there's going to be something for you. But again, one of the things I've appreciated that Brian has said every week is the most important thing we can do for our kids is to spend time with Jesus, to learn from Jesus how to live the way of Jesus. And whether you're a parent or not, that's the most important thing you and I can do is to spend time with Jesus every day to learn from Jesus how to live the way, his way so important. So I want to talk to you about that, but let me just name the elephant in the room. If you're following along in the notes, learning to parent and pray can double our sense of inadequacy. Now I'm going to use a whole bunch of 10 letter words or longer. So that's where the screen's going to really help you. If you don't know how to spell some of these words or are not as confident about your spelling, that's okay. But I think we all have felt a sense of inadequacy or insecurity when we take on different responsibilities. And when you double it, when you say that you're not only learning how to be a parent, but also learning how to pray, I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, people have said to me, I'm terrible at praying. I don't know how to pray. Where where do I start? And so that same feeling that you can have sometimes parenting gets doubled. But I have good news for you. I love, I love what Stormy O'Mardian says in her book, The Power of a Praying Parent. Parenting, she writes. The word itself can bring contradictory emotions to the surface. We try to do the best we can raising our children. Sometimes we sail through smoothly. Sometimes we encounter tempest and tidal waves. Sometimes we get so tired that we just want to give up. Let the storm take us where it will. But I have good news, she writes. We don't have to be tossed and turned by these winds of change. 
Our children's lives don't ever have to be left to chance. We don't have to pace the floor anxiously, biting our nails, gnawing our knuckles, dreading the terrible twos or the torturous teens. We don't have to live in fear of what each new phase of development may bring, what dangers might be lurking behind every corner. Nor do we have to be perfect parents. We can start right now, this very minute, in fact, making a positive difference in our child's future. I totally agree with that. And uh, a lady named Kristen uh, at the website garmentsofsplendor.com writes these words. In these difficult times we are living in, prayer is a powerful way to love our children. We all as parents desire that our children turn to God in prayer. Our children need to know that they can go to him for anything. We want prayer for them to be as natural and seamless as breathing. No matter how old our children are, they will never outgrow their need for us to pray for them. And I want to thank you, Brian, for asking me to do this because it's been a reminder to me to keep praying for my kids. Some of you know that my kids are all adults now. They're married. We have five grandchildren. And so I'm trying to learn how to practice that in this stage. But some of what I'm going to share today is just things that I've watched other people, including my parents, teach me about prayer. And if you're following along, here's been the big idea of this series in parenting ourselves first, is prayer isn't a way to control God, our circumstances, or our kids. And speaking of that, do you mind crossing out that extra hour in front of kids since I had kind of stuttering when I was typing this week? It's not a way to control. I would say that if there's one thing I've learned about prayer, it's about yielding and submission. And I'm going to talk more about that. But so often we feel like it's our job to control the outcome. And nothing will bring more anxiety in our lives than when we try and control something we can't control. We cannot control the outcome, but we can engage in the process. And God wants to teach us how to do that. So would you pray with me before we look at how we can pray and why we should pray? God, I thank you that you can help every one of us in this room, no matter what our starting point, no matter whether we've had a good example or not. You can take us where we are, and you can bring us where you intended for us to be. I'm so thankful for your amazing grace that sticks with us and helps us keep learning. So give us a heart to learn this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so here's a couple of questions. Why is prayer important in parenting? And I just want to stop, uh, start by saying that each week, Brian kind of based out of Ephesians 6.4. Now, you don't necessarily need to turn to that, but let me just read to you these words of what it says. It basically says this. Fathers, and some uh, the footnote says parents, do not exasperate your children. Don't frustrate them. Don't make them lose heart. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Well, what's part of the training and instruction of the Lord is learning how to pray. And so if you're following along, why is prayer important in parenting? First, understand this. Parenting is a stewardship God entrusts to us. There's another big 10-letter word or whatever, many letters, but it's a stewardship that God entrusts to us. If someone were to ask me, what is one of the most important lessons you've learned as you followed Jesus for almost 50 years? I would say that it is, I am his steward. Everything I have belongs to him. And the word steward, in case you don't know, it means that it's a person 
who oversees, supervises something that belongs to another. And God has called us into this partnership, this stewardship with him. I was talking with a friend of mine in Iowa, and she and her husband pray for me every day. I met them when I was a pastor out there. They're very dear friends. They had a daughter run away as an adult. Uh, She got off her medication, and so she started uh, becoming, uh, you know, incoherent. But she lived on the streets. They didn't know where she was for years. It's the most terrifying thing you can have as a parent. I said, what what have you learned about praying? And she said, one of the things uh, that Dave and I have learned is that because we cannot control our kids' choices, we go back to the fact that they are God's children first. And we pray for the people that may surround them that somehow God will work in their lives. I thought that was really helpful because sometimes parenting is incredibly scary, isn't it? And so parenting is a stewardship. Now, when I was thinking about how to share maybe a parent's prayer from the scripture, um, I found out there's not many of those. It doesn't mean we don't pray the scripture. It just means there's not many examples of parents praying for their children in scripture. But let me show you one. And this is found in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 19. This is King David praying before, uh, as they dedicate the resources for the temple, His son Solomon will actually help oversee the building of the temple. David will pass away before this happens. But look at what he prays. Give my son Solomon an uncluttered and focused heart so that he can obey what you command, live by your directions and counsel, and carry through with building the temple. That's what he prays. I think that's a beautiful prayer. God, give him the kind of heart. Brian talked about the heart last week. So important. But look what he prays before this to give you an idea of stewardship. Everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Everything we have has come from you. And we only give you what is yours already. This is so important to understand that we are stewards, that we are people that have been given a great responsibility and opportunity to partner with God. It's not all up to us but he has asked us to join him. The second thing is that parent prayer is important in parenting because parenting, if you're following along, is a shaping process to make us like Jesus. Parenting is a shaping process to make us like Jesus. This is so important to understand. You know, it's not the only thing God uses. Actually, he uses a lot of things. He uses marriage, he uses our jobs, he uses our friendships, he uses even doing homework, all kinds of stuff. He's trying to build character into us And he's trying to teach us the way of Jesus. But it's a molding, shaping process. Here's a great verse from Isaiah 64 that reminds us of this. You, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So the question is, what kind of clay am I? Am I moldable? Am I teachable? Am I leadable? Can God shape my life? Will I enter into that process with him? And that's so important. And parenting gives us a great opportunity. There's never a time we feel more inadequate or more weak sometimes than parenting. And if we get too big for our britches, something else happens, right? That all of a sudden reminds us we're not experts at this. We're still learning. And so just reminding myself it's a stewardship and it's the shaping process God uses. God, thank you that you never waste time and you never waste experience when we look to you. But notice this, if you're following along, 
is that as we let God shape us, our kids see what following Jesus looks like. As we let God shape and mold us, our kids see what following Jesus looks like. They get a front row seat to when we get it right and when we get it wrong. And boy, is it a mix for me. But let me just tell you that I first discovered this when I was a kid. I've told this story many times, and so I'll just abbreviate it here. But when I was younger, um, I actually needed discipline. And uh, I could be sassy, I could be difficult. And so my parents did a good job of not letting me play two ends against the middle. So when I would do something to my mom, my dad would not have anything letting that go by. So I remember one time he's ushering me, actually a number of times, I need to be more honest. A number of times he ushered me, I can still picture the hallway at the house in Danville, Illinois, as he escorted me down the hallway to my bedroom. And a lot of times he would spank me down the hallway. And um, again, he was never, my, my parents were never abusive physically. But I will tell you that I had, I had it coming. And so as they spanked me, I remember one time I just, uh, I thought he threw an extra one in. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so I remember he said, now go to your room. And I want you to think about what you just did with your mom. Okay. I remember laying on my bed and thinking, well, I'm going to think about it. And if you think I'm ever going to love you again, those thoughts were going through my mind, right, about my dad. And I was thinking, I was even talking to God. God, you know I have a case against my parents. (laughs) But over and over again, this was my experience repeatedly. Sometimes 10 minutes later, sometimes an hour later, sometimes later in the day, my dad would come to me and he would say, "Uh, God showed me that I needed to discipline you, but the way I disciplined you was not the way he wanted me to. There was a little anger in there. And I'm just wondering if you would forgive me. And that ruined everything for me. (laughs) Because now, all of a sudden, I saw by him parenting himself first. Now it was up to me with what I did with his parenting. Totally different tone. And so when we understand that, and again, it showed my dad didn't get it right. But what did he do when he didn't get it right? He came back to the way of Jesus, changed my life. I honestly believe it's one of the things that kept me open to Christ. So let's talk about how to learn how to pray. And by the way, I I haven't read all these different verses, but back to the shaping process. Would you mind reading the first grade box so we can actually say we did? Would you mind reading that with me? God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. So God's shaping us. He's conforming us to the likeness of Jesus. But now as we talk about learning to pray with and for our kids, and that's the title of this message. Let me ask you to read uh, the, the next gray box where I combine three short scripture verses. Would you read them with me? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Pray all the time. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I was asking my wife, what would you say what you've learned about praying? Because I will tell you, I am so thankful for Patricia and the way she's prayed for our kids and now our grandkids. It's been a great example for me 
It's also been an opportunity to pray with her a number of times and hear her heart in prayer. But she wrote something like this. She said, parent yourself first by developing your relationship with God each day. And so I kind of summarized it this way if you're following along in the notes. We parent ourselves first by deepening our connection with God. So as we think about all this, um, I I just want to say this. If you don't have a relationship with God yet, do you know why Jesus Christ died for you and me? So that you could. And one of the things about that relationship, that growing and developing that relationship with Jesus, is that the, the greatest, most vital connection we have with God all day is prayer. And maybe your the idea of prayer is that you've got to spend an hour away from everything you do. But for me, prayer is an on-the-move, dynamic thing. Yes, it has times where we set apart and maybe go away and in a closet and things like that, like Jesus said. But it's also something we do all the time. I've shared this before because every once in a while you get pushback when the Bible says pray all the time, pray without ceasing. They go, it's not even possible. I've got a job. I've got other things to do. But here's what I remember. If you ever watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and you hear Snow White sing, whistle while you work, then it is possible. It takes some training and practice. But you and I can pray while we work, while we drive, while we walk, while we do different things. We can learn how to constantly just deepen that connection with God. And when we actually mess up that connection with God, we run back towards it. The grace of God, his mercies are new every morning. And so that's part of it. But notice this, if you're following along, invite kids to pray with you at meal, bed, and random times. Let them hear you pray, but then also say, hey, you can talk to God too and teach them. And again, the most natural times for a lot of families are at mealtime. And maybe you don't do that as a family. Can I just recommend you do? It doesn't have to be long. But bow your head and say, God, this comes from your hand. And we want to thank you for it. That's all you have to say. It's acknowledging him. Uh, Bedtime. And by the way, I want to say, especially you do dads, don't let just the moms do it. Do you have any idea how influential you are if they see a godly man or a humble man pray as imperfectly as they may pray, but they see you at least practicing? So important. But bedtime. And I remember a number of times, sometimes we would both pray. Sometimes I would let them pray. Sometimes I would just pray. But we did that. So important for kids to hear us pray in our own voice. Maybe you've come from a background where you were taught that prayer is private. You only do it where nobody else hears. But that's not how the Bible understood prayer. Jesus prayed out loud. His disciples could see him pray. He wants to do the same with us. So again, invite them. But notice I said random times. I was talking with Trish, and one of the things is we used to have, she would walk the kids down to the bus stop. And a lot of times as they'd be walking to the bus stop, she'd be praying for them or at the bus stop. Uh, I have a friend in the church here who every time their family hears the sirens go off, they immediately pray for the, the emergency, the first responders, and they pray for the people that may be in danger. Now, there's just different ways, but you can pray, you can stop. I, I know some of you have seen me do it, but now I see many of you do it. If you're talking with someone and they're just sharing their heart, never embarrass, always be sensitive, but say, could I just stop and pray with you right now? You can do that with your kids. This morning, God reminded me that before our kids would go back home to their new home, now that they live in three different states, uh, a lot of times we would pray before they got in the car 
I say, Let, let's just pray right now. And I noticed lately I've gotten away from that. And God just said, hey, just get back to that. It's a great reminder. But notice this too, is that you and I can turn, if you're following along, your everyday moments into prayers to God. You can turn everyday moments into prayer with God. I have noticed lately that if all of a sudden I hear about something, maybe, or I experience something really good, I say, let's just, let's just, let's just take a moment and pray right now. God, thank you. I mean, I remember, some of you know I like ice cream. I remember uh, every once in a while, I just want to stop and say, God, thank you for ice cream. It doesn't have to be long, but just all day long, just learning how to pray. And uh, people catch on to that. It's, it's a powerful thing. And then um, if you're following along, and by the way, um, here's a verse I love. This has really helped me. It's the third gray box. So we'll be able to complete our reading of all three gray boxes. Would you mind reading this with me? Trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts to him for God is a refuge for us. I love that. Pour out your hearts to him. What does that mean? You know what's in our hearts sometimes? All kinds of stuff. And I used to think if you pour your heart out to him, it's like pouring out a bucket. It's not like it comes out all neat and collated. But if you pour it out to him, you're, you're aiming it in the right direction. You're keeping that connection. You're saying, God, I'm mad right now. God, I feel like an idiot right now. God, I did it again. God, but you're talking to him. Pour out your hearts to him. He wants a heart-to-heart connection with you and me all day long. And that doesn't mean we get it right, but it means we're always coming back to that. And so um, if you're following along, as you pray all kinds of prayers for them, God will teach you to pray. As you pray, all kinds of prayers for them, God will teach you to pray. Someone has said, you and I only learn how to pray by praying. And so start where you are. So I put some ideas on the back of uh, the notes here. And uh, I'll just walk through this quickly. Notice uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I love that. So some of you have heard of the ACTS way of praying, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, which means his supply, making your requests known to him. I just kind of adapted that a little bit, but just notice this. For the A, instead of a door, I just put acknowledge the Lord. Some of you know Proverbs 3, 6 has been a life verse for me. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So some people go, well, how do you do that? I'm not really fancy. I just start sometimes and go, Lord, I acknowledge you right now. Or Lord, I acknowledge you with this. Or Lord, I just stop and acknowledge you. I look heavenward. And then notice that praise his character qualities. Um, Friday night, uh, Monique Davis shared about her book, Be Still and Know. It it was really a a powerful testimony uh, of what she and her family have been through. And um, But one of the things that she kept coming back to, and her son Alex said the same is, is that she kept believing that God was a good father, even when both her kids got so far away from God. And there are just times we just acknowledge him and remember who he is and his character. But next, confess your sins and shortcomings as honestly as you can. Let me tell you another dad's story. This happened before I was even conscious of it. When I was a small boy, about three or four years old, my grandma, my dad's mom, was staying with us And one day in the kitchen, my dad began to yell at me. And uh, at that point, his mother turned to him and said, 
You are just like your father. You are so hard on your kids. If you know my dad's story, that one really zinged him. And my mom kind of amen that. And so he was feeling picked on. The next morning during his quiet time, he said, God, is it true? And God said, it's true. He said, what do you want me to do? He says, "Uh, I want to give you a love for your kids. He said he went outside on the porch and he looked at each one of his kids that were playing. And he said, God gave him such a love for us that he was amazed. But it started with him confessing the truth. Confession is a gift. Let the kindness of the Lord lead you and I to repentance. Let us confess it. Let it bring it out in the light so that we can have it cleansed, so that we can have grace flow on our lives. Notice but thank him specifically for his mercies, kindnesses, and gifts. Do you notice all the things that are right about your kids? Thank him for all the different things you see. Man, and gratitude will fire your heart more than anything. Seek his provision and help. Make your request to the Lord. I love, by the way, I only listed part of Philippians 4, 6 from the Living Bible that says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I love what, what it says next. It says, Tell God what you need and don't forget to thank him for his answers. I love that. Sometimes we need to thank him for what he's done in the past so that we have trust for what he might do in the future. Notice this uh, to also, and this is probably why I added an extra S to A-C-T-S. I have not really prayed. You and I have not really prayed until we submit to him. Friends, I don't know if you're like me, but many times I've used prayer to control God or tried. And really, prayer is not about me pulling God to me. It's about God pulling me to him. And what he's looking for is a submitted, yielded, available, teachable, leadable person. And so many times I'm fighting it. But if you come to that place, then it's so powerful And that way he can lead and guide you. I'll just tell you a quick story. Jeremy came home from school one day in junior high and some kids had picked on him. It was a Pokemon day. So he had his notebooks of Pokemon cards and they had kicked him out, uh, knocked him out of his arms and then they they stole him from him. So I'm laying in the, you know, bunk bed with him that night and man, I wanted retaliation. And as I prayed, God said, Jeff, I'm going to build character in your son and you cannot prevent this. You've got to pray right now that this will be used, the purpose I have for it in his life. And it gave me peace, but it wasn't easy. It was a wrestling thing, but I knew that I at least had submitted to him. Now, here's just some quick phrases. Come as you are. (laughs) Don't wait until you're unbelievably spiritual. Come as you are. If you feel as spiritual as a dish rag, come as you are. Be yourself with God. He likes your voice. Be yourself. Don't act bigger than you are, but wrestle with God if you need to. Pour out your hearts to him. Don't be afraid to pray short phrases. One time I was with my dad. I was an adult. I was down as you could get. I had come down here. He had already started in Springfield. I was still live up in Elgin, but I came down to be with him for a couple days because I was lost, man, uh, discouraged. And he said, before we go, let's pray. I'll never forget, we were in his office And he just said, Lord, I love you. I need you. We want you. We trust you. 
We ask for your help. Short phrases. I've never forgotten it. And I thought, I can do that. I can pray those. I can pray them from the heart. Um, sometimes uh, all we can do is cry out to God. There's a lady uh, that uh, taught another lady in this church that when her son was so wayward, she would go into his bed when he was at school, lay on the bed and just cry out to God for her son. And she taught some other people to do that. You and I can do that. Sometimes we just cry out to God, pray when things are going well and when you're in trouble. And instead of Lord, change them, pray, Lord, change me. Now here's, I want to bring it down to this last section right here. If you're following along, the prayer of relinquishment, where we let go of control and give our loved ones back to God. Do you see it there at the bottom of that back page? Is powerful and like Jesus prayed. Do you remember Jesus' prayer in the garden at the moment that was probably going to be the toughest in his life? Notice what he prayed. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. See, he didn't try and control the outcome. He just tried to make sure he gave himself to the process. And when you and I do that, so let me tell you one more story. I'm here today because my parents prayed the prayer of relinquishment when I got far away from God. In high school, I had really come to know Jesus in a powerful way, but within six months, all of a sudden, I had made some choices that got me way off the track, and my heart became harder and harder and harder. My parents were really sad. And so they had been praying, God, change him, change him, change him. And all of a sudden, God said, no, no, no. I want you to do something. I want you to give him back to me. Remember when Abraham was asked to give Isaac back to him and lay him on the altar? Is that. And I, they didn't get to that in five minutes. You don't do that easily when you feel so vested in your kids. But as they began to say, God, we wanted this plan for Jeff, but even if it's plan B, whatever it is, God, work in his life. And when they did that, they probably didn't notice any change in me at first. But in the next few months, what I experienced was the Holy Spirit coming hot on me in conviction. And I became more and more uncomfortable with the choices I had made, my heart that was hardened, and I had an encounter with God in Wisconsin that I can only tell you was a result of my grandparents and my parents praying a prayer of relinquishment, literally placing me back, giving me back to God. Friends, don't underestimate the power of that. But that's what parenting boils down to a lot of times. They're not our kids in one sense. They're God's. And ultimately, we need to remember we're stewards, and he wants to shape us. And so if you turn your notes back over, here's the question that's been going through my mind lately, is do my children know the gift of my interceding for them? And before you put your notes away, for those of you that are not parents, here's the question for you. Do any children know the gift of me interceding for them? Friends, the... I think about how many kids today have no one praying for them. But when you see a child or a young person, ask God to show you how to pray on their behalf, to intercede for them, because it's so powerful. But uh, so I've, I've just been, we have a situation in our family where Trish and I are going through some real shaping and molding uh, with, with our kids. And, um, it's just brought me back to the fact that I have to give 
my kids back to God and then be involved in the process he wants me to be, to let the way of Jesus become more a part of my life so that they have any opportunity to see God shining through me. So Brian, uh, I just so appreciate what he wrote, but listen to what what he wrote. He said, uh, this is in his book, Parent Yourself First, which if you haven't read it, Trish and I so appreciate it. Each of the ways opposed to Jesus are about control and grasping for power, while the way of Jesus is about trusting and releasing. It's so true. And so um, at the Connect Center, we actually have a copy of 31 uh, scriptures that you can pray that Brian included in his book, but we've made just photocopies so you can take that with you if that would be helpful to you or if you want to pray uh, for a member of your family that's not maybe not your child but you want to pray you can do that but now we want to prepare for communion and here's how i thought we could do it it would be crazy to give a message on praying without praying so i want to give you an opportunity to pray and here's what i want to do i want to give you some some visuals First, I want to give you an opportunity to release and give back, to relinquish. And the way I picture it is this, is just bringing it like this with your hands. So if you want to just open your hands there in your lap before you, if you're willing to do that, then right now, just take a moment. Is there a person? Is there a situation? Is there something you're trying to control the outcome? And you need to give it back to God. You need to lay it on the altar before him. And remember, this is yours. I'm only your steward. Show me how to do this with you. I give you a moment to do that right now. So I noticed that I skipped a line in the notes. Isn't that great? When you pray, God can show you things. And here was the line right above the last uh, gray box. It just says this, pray by releasing control and holding on to God's character. So here's the second part. I just want to give you an opportunity. So if you're willing to open your hands and offer back to God, that's one way of releasing control. But it's also, I also, I picture myself taking God's hands and not letting go of God's character. God, I believe you are a good father. God, I believe that your intentions are good. God, I know that you're molding me even when it doesn't seem like it. I don't want to let go. Don't let go. Hold on to who God is. Hold on to God's character even when nothing else makes sense. And so I give you a moment now, even if it helps you to physically hold out your hands like that, It's a way to say, I'm willing to give this back to you, but I don't want to let go of who you are. It's the only thing that's true and can be counted on. You love my kids more than I love my kids. You love the next generation more than I love the next generation. Show me how not to let go 
Years ago, there was a phrase, don't let go of the horns of the altar. What they meant was just keep holding on to God and who he is. So take time right now. Just tell God that you want to hold on, that you don't want to let go. You still want to believe and trust in him. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information about our church, visit our website or find us on Facebook. Have a great day.